Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, welcome back to Oz Business. We kick off the afternoon with the call live from our Barangaroo studio. It's great to have your company as uh, in the next 60 minutes or so. We analyse 10 stocks, a stock of the day, with two experts. And uh, great to have this panel in. Luke Winchester from Merriweather Capital in Newcastle. Luke, always great to have you aboard. Henry Jennings from Marcus today. How are you, sir? Good, thank you, Cossie. All right. To you both. Quick question. Uh <laughs> Markets, two-day, three-day rally. Dead cat bounce, what do you do? Or is it, is it a change? Um, I, I don't think it's a change. I think we are seeing a bit of a dead cat bounce. The cat can bounce quite a long way, though, because right. it did fall a long way. So the cat has some elasticity in it, um, some rubber in it, if you like. So right. we, we could see this bounce continue, especially... You know, we've got an election on Saturday yep. as well. So that, that could remove um, some uncertainty, if we do get some uh, certainty, I guess. Uh, so I think there is potential for further to go. I've been uh, telling people, especially in the small cap area, to just you know go through your portfolio, de-risk a little bit, use these rallies to sell into it. If you've got ah. stuff that is a bit dodgy, then maybe when it does bounce, you know, you, it's going to fall over again at some stage. Yep. And the, the ones that have fallen over already, that's sort of telling you something. They'll fall over again. So right. ease out of those, perhaps. That was going to be my next question. Do you do the rallies to build up some cash, sell out of some of the ones you're not so sure of? Yeah, I mean, I think the market, you know, as, as they say, when the tide goes out, everyone works out who's not yep. wearing any clothes. And the, the fall down below 7,000 certainly exposed an awful lot of stocks, an awful lot of yep. people. and. and awful lot of nudists yeah. on the beach. Um, so those stocks tend to bounce quite quickly and then they'll run out of oomph again and then I think those okay. are the ones to look at to sell. All right. Uh, Lou Winchester, I'm sitting next to a bloke who's talking about nudists on the beach and when he's in the studio live, I've, I've just got to p- push those thoughts out of my head. Um, how, are you, how are you approaching this rally? Is it, are we still in a bear market? Is this a bit of a bull rally or bear rally? Uh, are you adjusting? It, it feels like a bear market rally. The main reason for that, Henry touched on it there, the, the bounces coming through over the last few days have been from the stuff that's hit the hardest. Yeah. Um, so it feels a little bit more like a you know, a snapback to the overreaction of, of, of that stuff that's been hit really hard. Um, as always, look, uh, you know, it, it's so hard to predict sentiment. And, and, and at some point, what will happen, and, and, and this happened during um, COVID as well, is the fundamentals of the businesses eventually take over. So, so after the COVID panic, it took, you know, six, nine months through reporting season where people realised it wasn't the end of the world for a lot of these businesses. Um, and I think the, the same may happen may happen here. Um, now, part of the issue you've got is I think right now there's a lot of issues facing businesses that are leading to earning downgrades and some profit warnings, which is further spooking that market and, and maybe um, one of the reasons why the recovery is probably part of, a, of another leg down at some point. So, um, you know, focus on the businesses um, and, and how they're performing and when you see those those fundamental you know turnarounds or, or businesses continue to do well that's when you can have the confidence to um, you know to, to come back in or, or maybe increase uh, position sizes okay let's take a look at the first five stocks and see if any of these would be on the list to sell into a rally uh, Domino's uh, Adacel, Western Areas Big Ten Can or Adore Beauty we're covering in this 30 minutes of the show so a real mixture there uh, I always pick a stock of the day something's in the news, South 32 um, the big mining company base metal company out with a business update expecting recent investments to uh, lift group copper production by more than 20% financial year 22 compared to previous years the mine is also looking to 
to double its share in green aluminium production by starting up its Brazilian smelter. Shares which have already been on a hot run are up again today, almost 5%. What are the the gurus on the panel think? Luke Winchester, what do you think of uh, the South 32 update and, and the stock at this price? Yeah, well, you know me, Koshi, I'm, I'm more of a micro-cap, small-cap guy and, and, and don't do a great deal of resources. So South 32 is one I haven't looked at for, for quite a while and, and you sent it through as stock of the day. And, you know, I remember this being spun out of BHP as the, the ugly stepchildren of BHP's portfolio. Um, and it's, it's performed exceptionally well. And I think the key to that is I opened up the presentation you were just referring to and literally the first slide, once you get past the, the, the dot points, is um, the focus on the return on invested capital. And it's, it's so important for mining companies to, to have a management team that are heavily focused on that return on capital because we know these businesses being cyclical they tend to overspend at the top of the cycle and then get caught with their pants down as the, as the cycle turns so you know you've clearly got a management team here that has a, a long-term view for this business they're investing you know in the right ways at the right time and, and taking advantage of the cycle when it presents itself um, you know you look at the exposures they've got and they're looking to get to you get a nice diversified base metal exposure a lot of it's tied to some really long-term trend along EVs. Um, it doesn't look very expensive at all, particularly where commodity prices are today. I think the market's, you know, pricing in some some mean reversion there with with commodity prices. But you know, you've got a management team, like I said, they're committed to capital returns to shareholders. You'll get you'll continue to get a good dividend out of this stock. Um, it's it's not a stock for me with Meriwether Capital, just the, the way I position myself. But for you know a, a more conservative investor who wants some diversified mining exposure and maybe looking outside of a B. BHP or Rio, I think South 32 looks looks fantastic for that sort of exposure. So for the right investor, I, I think it's a buy. Yeah. Um, Henry? I get the feeling that BHP kind of regretted getting rid of this one. It, it's like having a problem child yeah. that changed schools and excels. Exactly. And then you're thinking... Different oh, environment. Well, I yeah. guess, why didn't we do it earlier is the question. Yeah. But yeah. having said that, I mean, when BHP split this one away, uh, they gave it uh, a new lease of life. They gave yeah. it a focus. The management obviously now are invested in the company rather than a, a part of a bigger thing. And it's hard to move the dial when you're part of BHP. The, these guys have done an exceptional job. The management's particularly good. Capital management's particularly good as well. They're exposed to all the cool electrification, greenification of the economy yeah. kind of uh, materials, with the exception, I guess, of lithium. Yeah. But copper, nickel, zinc, um, manganese, alumina, aluminium, you know, right. the, you just run across the whole lot of them. And they're all going to be crucial. The, these guys are going to be the forefront. The stock's done really, really well. Um, it's shrugged off the blues that we've seen uh, from uh, the markets in the last yeah. few weeks. So, you know, for me, this has been one of our core recommendations in the resources space. We like mm. this one. Uh, great management. Has Even done at well. these levels? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, if, if you take the... You know, take the view that um, we are seeing this inflation and resources is one place to be for, um, you know, to yep. counter that inflationary force. Then I think, you know, you look at the quality ones and these guys are quality buybacks, capital management. Yep. Everything's good. And as Luke says, good, you know, good return on investment. They've been laser focused as well um, yep. with the company on the commodities and they're in good spaces. I like this one, I have to okay. say, even at these levels. I think this is, okay. you know, I like all resources at the moment. I think resources still uh, one of the places to be, especially after And still itself. a way to go. We haven't And still a way to go. This is going to, you know, this this change that we're seeing in the, in the world, it, you know, we're not basing it on two weeks here, two yeah. weeks there, up, down, sideways, whatever. This is, dec is going to take a decade yeah. at least uh, to wash through as we move to electric vehicles, uh, renewables, mm. all this sort of thing, changing the energy mix in the economy. So, you know, let, for me... Let alone the Russia. Well, let alone Russia, well. Ukraine, <laughs> and, and all that stuff that's going yeah. on at the moment, which is just, you know, crazy. Yeah. Um, so for me, you know, resources still are a good place to be. Is this uh, South 32 better than... It's parent. Um, I like. I, I still like BHP. Right. I think okay. it's uh, you know it's quality. They're moving into new metals as well and yeah. to new projects. Janssen, the potash thing. Now they're talking about maybe accelerating that because of the world fertilizer shortage and the way fertilizer yeah. prices have gone through the roof. Yeah. So. For me, BHP still stands out. First of out. June, they get rid of oil. Yep, first of well, in theory, in as theory, long yeah. as Woodside vote yes. I think yeah. it's the 26th of May or something May, yeah, when they yeah, vote. Yeah, uh, so as long as that goes through, you know, it, 
But again, this is another one where you go, why are you getting rid of this? I know why they're getting rid of it. Yeah. I know why they're getting rid of it. ESG and ESG, all that sort of yeah. stuff. Fossil fuels aren't cool anymore. But, you know, they got rid of South 32 and it's prospered. They, they're going to get rid of the oil and gas stuff. That's going to prosper, I'm sure, under Woodside. Um, what does that leave? It leaves still a, a pretty focused right. uh, company in BHP. I like BHP and I like the management. Okay. Uh, Peter wants a view on Domino's um, Domino's Pizza Pizza share was $167 in uh, September last year. It's now below 70. Uh, this, I believe, is due to market concerns of food inflation, along with rising energy and labour costs. However, due to an acceleration in carryout sales and due to Domino's size of market coverage, should be less exposed versus its peers. Peter, obviously you're a shareholder, so, <laughs> so you're, you're trying to... Would you like to discuss short-term to medium-term prospects of dominoes, Henry? Um, who are their peers? Yeah. That's an interesting question, isn't it? Less exposed than their peers. I mean, their peers in the big space are, are people like Pizza Hut, I guess. Yeah, and KFC, I suppose. And KFC. With, uh, Collins Foods. Yeah, and, but yeah. I mean, in, in the pizza space, a lot of people go to their mum and dad yep. kind of stores. Um, Domino's has struggled. Japan is still a struggle. Yep. Um, they're only just letting in small groups of tourists to Japan. Yep. And as the economies do open, maybe we don't want to sit in front of our TV watching Netflix and eating pizza. The other problem that they've had is, of course, food inflation. And yep. we are seeing that across, you know, everything really. And when you're selling pizzas for five ninety nine pickup, yeah, it doesn't take much, you know, to increase those costs. Um, not only delivery costs as well, because fuel's going up and, and drivers need to be paid, etc. You know, th there's a lot of headwinds in this one. It's been sold off massively, massively. And, yeah. and and you know, there's a few shorts in this one as well, to say the least. So it, it does have headwinds. I don't think those headwinds are going to dissipate. It is trying desperately to find a base around this kind of, um, you know, where is it now? Seventy bucks. Seventy bucks. You know, it's. It's amazing, isn't it? Yep. I don't think the inflationary pressures are going to ease. I think the pressure's still going to be on it. And let's face it, we, in Australia at least, I know this Domino's is Europe as well. Yeah. Um, we're coming in the summer in Europe. People are going to be out and about. People are yeah. going to be out and about in the UK. People are going to be out and about in Japan. People are going to be out and about in Australia. We're not going to be sitting at home eating Domino's mm. pizza. So okay. I think this one still has a way to go. Um, and at some stage it will be a buy, but not yet. If you're in it, do you hold it? I think you probably hold it because you've right. seen such value yeah. destruction. Let's face it, 160 to 70. Yep. You know, if, if you're holding that, you've got nerves of steel, as they say. Yeah. Or you've just not turned on your screen for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Lou, what do you think of Domino's? Yeah, look, I had this one come up a, a couple of weeks ago and um, Peter's highlighted all the, the issues the business faces and, and Henry touched on it as well. The the other factor to it, even apart from all those external pressures the business is facing as you know, price inflation and wage inflation, um, they're also embarking on a bit of a capex cycle themselves. And, and you see this with businesses all the time. Businesses very rarely invest their capital in a, in a straight line. It usually goes through cycles where you, know, you might um, go on a large investment spree and then it tapers off for a couple of years before you have to reinvest again and Domino's is, is now at one of those points where they're you know it's called project ignite is what they've called it and they've, they've called out investing you know about a hundred million dollars capex um, you know, every year over the next two or three years so you combine those two things of all these external pressures versus the business also investing heavily you're, you're getting a real margin crunch and a real crunch to um, particularly your free cash flow numbers so when Peter asks for a short to medium term outlook I, I sort of agree with Henry, it's it's hard to see over the next year or two. Um, I think those those input pressures will continue to apply, and I think they've already called out that capex cycle will continue to apply. So, you know, it's difficult to see how the, the business fundamentally, you know, really grows or not so much grows, but 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 um, accelerates back to growth in the next um, next year or two. Maybe the sentiment of the market can turn, but I think it's a it's probably a hold from that point of view. The caveat to it is, I think this is probably one of the best businesses on the ASX for long term earnings outlook. I mean, they give you a fantastic visibility of where they think this business can be in ten years on five and ten years time frame so if you're an investor who can maybe look through the short and medium term and i know peter asks specifically for that so i you know focus on that part of the the, the question but if you can look past it you know this i think there's tremendous opportunities in dominoes around these levels and henry's right it's, it's a buy at some point and it could be today if you're willing to take that longer term view but for peter's specific question on short and medium i think it's a hold 
Okay. Uh, Luke Yaz wants a view on Adacel, uh, microcap, liquidity is an issue, but as a retail investor with a few thousand to invest, I'm happy with this risk as I'm holding for medium to long term. Uh, Adacel plays a significant role in global air space safety, applies cutting edge technologies to um, uh, traffic control simulation, training systems, air traffic management solutions. Um, it's a really interesting business. I, I must yeah. declare, I've got a good friend who's just joined the board, so oh. I find it a bit fascinating. It's a sell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, any friend of mine, you've got to sell. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is another one that came up a couple of weeks ago. I think you mentioned that as well uh, last time, Koshi. It's it's a, it's an interesting little business in a nice little niche. Now, yep. whenever you have businesses in a niche like this, it, it usually means that um, you know they can they can um, dominate that that small market and extract some good margins out of it, but it's usually inherently low growth, and that's what Adacel is. Um, so, so you look at Adacel today, it's about 13, 14 times um, PE, which is you know, pretty, you know, maybe even cheap, in, even in this sort of market. Um, but for the size of the business, about 70 mil market cap, it is a liquid, as Yaz points out. Um, it's probably more of a fair price. And I think I mentioned this last time I spoke about it. I wouldn't buy Adacel today at, you know, 13, 14 times as a fair price and expect that to move to 20 times, you know, multiple over time as part of your investment thesis. Yep. I think you need to expect some modest earnings growth, um, you know, some decent capital allocation. Management pays a nice little divvy and are doing a buyback at the minute. If you're comfortable with, you know, even though it is a small cap and illiquid, it's more defensive than your traditional sorts of businesses at this size. If you're comfortable with that, I think you can sort of buy out of sell even today and, and just get a, a you know modest return out of it. If you're someone who comes down into small caps to take a bit more risk and really look for some upside, I don't think Adacel gives that right. to you. Um, and the other risk I see is some some real big seasonalities come into this business to the point where you know management are guiding for about six mil um, profit before tax, uh, despite only doing about two million in the first half. So there's a big second half seasonality here where it's almost double. The, the first half and I'm just not I'm not sure where that seasonality's come in from and it, it may be worth a, a question to management if you're a holder or someone looking at the business hmm. okay Henry um, I gotta say I, I, I don't mind this one liquidity is an issue I mean you look at the the spread okay yeah. the, the difference between the buyers and the sellers you know today it's six cents. 91 and a half to 97 and a half. So, right. you know, that, that that to me is a problem. There's been less than a thousand shares traded. This right. has got a market cap of 70 million bucks. They're doing a seven and a half million dollar buyback. They are profitable. They've made a few acquisitions, which is where maybe that seasonality Luke talks about is coming in because those acquisitions are going to add revenue. Um, it's not in a bad space, let's face it, virtual air traffic controller mm. towers and this sort of thing. And we're seeing, um, I was watching um, one of your rivals this morning and they had the head of United Airlines, yeah. Scott Kirkland, I think his name was, um, Kirby. And um, he was saying the US has just absolutely exploded in terms yep. of corporate travel, just travel generally. And you know, you look at something like British Airways, which sacked 9,000 people during mm. COVID and now is trying to employ 6,000, most of them the same 6,000 yep. they sacked previously because there's this explosion in demand. You know, and the same will go for air traffic controllers, the same will go for all the systems involved. Yep. So I don't mind at this level. It's been sold off obviously on the back of the tech thing. Um, it's yeah. profitable, makes about a million dollars a year in profit. Um, but yeah, it's just too thin. That's the trouble. Right. It's just okay. Liquid. So on liquidity, liquidity no, is the issue. But, but if yeah. you're a small guy looking to put, you know, two or yeah. three thousand bucks in this and or build a position over time, then we could see this one push back up towards, you know, I think the Wastelots crew in um, Melbourne have a big interest in this. Yeah, I, I mean, well. it, it's so it's great technology. They made some good acquisitions. It, the liquidity is the only thing that yep. you, you don't want to get trapped in these things. Okay. All right. Uh, Dion wants a view. Uh, Henry on Western Areas says, I'm already a shareholder. Uh, thoughts on should I sell uh, my holding now and buy IGO? In the uh, in the current market uh, turn down, Western areas nickel producer, um, um, interest in Canada and Finland. Um, Henry, uh, yeah, 
I mean, Western areas, this is done and dusted. This is game over, really. The bid is, what, 387? Yeah. So you're, you're hanging on for three and a half cents at yeah. the moment. So the question is not whether you sell Western areas because you're going to be... Just do it anyhow. You're going to be cashed out Do you anyway. go to IGO? Do you go to IGO? I think yes. You right. know, you, well, you're not going to get anything in cash and you're going to get another three and a half cents for 387, provided nobody else comes along and no one else is probably going to come along yeah. this late in the day. Um, the independent expert report is is higher than that 387, so you'd imagine that you know these guys are getting a bit of a steal uh, to some extent. But IGO has been sold off a long, long way. Mm. Too long, too far down. I think for me, you know, this is now looking like a good buy in IGO. So I'd be ah. looking to take the money maybe a little bit earlier than the the. Because IGO has been a favourite of yours for a while, hasn't it? I wouldn't say favourite, but fine. resources generally yeah, yeah. Have, have been a favourite of, of, of mine and also you know Marcus okay. today as well. So uh-huh. you know IGO has been sold down an awful lot, um, and some of it's got to do with Western areas, etc. Yep. Some of it's got to do with a shift uh, because they have sort of pivoted a little bit towards uh, more lithium exposure yep. and lithium stocks generally have fallen out a bit of favour recently um, but IGO for me looks like a, a very good alternative and you're only hanging on for another three and a half cents so yep. anyway, and anything can happen. Yep. Luke? Um, yeah look I agree with Henry I, I think um, IGO did raise the bid price once uh, I think I was around the nickel price squeeze that we saw a couple of months ago um, but the nickel price has been sliding since then and is almost back to where it was pre that squeeze so I'd be surprised if IGO increases even despite the independent report um, so I agree with that point I think it's just worth probably just take the take the money now um, whether you put that into IGO probably depends like Henry points out they've pivoted to lithium and they, they did so actually at a really good time I think they're acquired their lithium assets back in 2019 um so it was a, a really good timing on that to, to sort of catch the lithium boom um but you know yeah you know if you've held western areas for the the nickel exposure they've got that now goes into independence group which historically has got some some nickel as well um you get some additional lithium which maybe depends on your view of lithium it, it's you know obviously doing really well it's still at very elevated levels maybe we'll pull back as supply comes online but yeah i think the the answer of selling western areas i, I agree with Henry um, and I don't have I don't have any big concerns about buying independence group today Henry's right it's had a, a good pullback and I think like South 32 you get a good management team who has shown some good capital discipline with a, a nice yep. diversified resource base so I, I, I'm happy with that okay and as Henry said it's pulled back from about 15 bucks since the end of it's come end back, of March to 11 yeah it's come so, back a long way yeah. so you know and part of that I guess is is the Western areas thing, the uncertainty. Yeah. And, and, you know, as Luke said, they, they got out of lithium to some extent, and uh, to nickel rather, and now they're sort of getting back into okay. it. Yeah. But I think they're getting it, mm. well, at least on paper, they're getting it relatively cheap. Western areas has always had issues. Yeah. It's been highly uh, shorted all along, but it was, it was the only kind of pure nickel play stock in the market. Um, so if you wanted to, you know, you could go elsewhere with, with BHP or somewhere, right. but there was lots of dilution. Western Areas was the only pure mm. plain nickel stock. Okay. So I guess IGO has replaced what they got rid of with, with Tropicana and that side of things yep. with, with this. And, and now they've got the lithium as well, okay. so you get double bubble. Um, uh, Luke, James wants a view on Big Tin Can, the, uh, the enterprise software uh, business, uh, recently signed up a partnership with Oracle, um, which was um, a bit of a feather in its cap. Shares had a bit of a bump then. Yeah, look, this is one. I looked at this a few years ago when it first floated. It came onto the market at a 50 mil market cap, a, a real genuine micro cap. Um, and management quickly embarked on a, a lot of acquisitions, uh, you know, like five or six in the first couple of years of acquisition. Um, and for me, I usually don't like those sorts of roll-up styles of businesses. So it sort of slipped off my radar a bit and then performed quite well and, and you know, quickly moved up to, I think, above about a 500 mil market cap at one point uh, before the recent sell-off. So, I came back to it, you know, being on the list and um, look, it, it looks pretty interesting. It's it's obvious the chart there says it all. It's not in the favour of the market right now. It's a, it's a pure tech stock, which we know how they're being treated. Um, you know, management are calling out to do 119 mil annualised recurring revenue um, by the end of FY22. So, you know, by the end of June. Um, and I think for me, 
the other um, guidance they've given is for 109 million of, of recognized revenue. And when I went back and looked at this business historically, there's always been a gap between their reported ARR and what they're actually recognizing as revenue, which sort of suggests either long implementation cycles or some high churn with your with your customers. Um, so seeing that guidance gap close a little bit, you know, 119 mil ARR to 109 mil revenue, maybe sort of just alleviates those those potential issues a bit. So um, that was interesting. In the update you were talking about, Koshi, with the Oracle, they they sort of called out, like I think you'll see a lot of tech businesses um, pivoting to some more capital discipline. So calling out they want to be cash flow break even during FY23 and, and EBITDA positive by the end of FY22. That's very important. We know the sort of market we're in right now. Cash burning businesses are just being hammered. So yep. the, the, the tech businesses that are willing to pivot, make some hard decisions in their cost base, or just show that you can get that operating leverage, I think it's really important. It's the ones that I'd be looking for. You know, If you're bottom fishing around in, in the tech market, look for those businesses that can demonstrate mm-hmm. that capital discipline. So they're potentially showing that. I mean, sub 300 mil, um, like I said, it's, it's only going to be roughly break even. So on a profit level, it'll still look really expensive but um very high gross margins um you know all most of their revenue recurring keep an eye on that churn that's the that's the main one i took that churn was about uh, thir- you know, 11 or 13 percent um that's quite high okay. for a software business so i just monitor that otherwise look I- i'd hold it if you're there you've written it down a long way i'd, con- I'd continue holding otherwise i'd just maybe get another couple of results under your belt before i'd step in and say hmm. bye for someone sitting on the sidelines henry um, this is this is one that I bought a long time ago in my small cap portfolio. Saw it roar through the roof, saw it do really well, should have sold it, didn't, and it's just been a one-way traffic ever right. since. And every time it kind of stops and you think, oh, that's enough, it's going to bounce now, and it hasn't done. Right. Um, someone <laughs> described it as um, sort of the, the Australian version of Salesforce to some right, extent. Yes. And it was a big winner. I guess of COVID and people traveling around working from home, sales guys working out of their cars, etc., rather than an office. But obviously now that that's changed a little bit. But as Luke says, and Luke's gone through all of the all of the, the, the good points here, um, it's fallen such a long way. I'm definitely in the hold camp. And sometimes, you know what? Mm. I, I think this this tech wreck 2022 could be really good for companies like this because it forces a lot of discipline on them. Yep. So when the good times do come back. They're lean and mean as opposed to fat and bloated and, you yeah. know, the playing table tennis in the office and all this sort of stuff. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I think this 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 current sort of uh, pullback in these stocks could provide some some good discipline for these kind of companies. Okay. So for me, it's, right, it's certainly down here. It's, it's, sti- it's still a hold. I'd like to see some, some more results and some more... Uh, confidence in the market in this whole sector, but it's definitely a hold. Okay. Um, Henry Marty wants a view on Adore Beauty. Hasn't been listed for that long. Of course, the skincare, hair care, cosmetics business, uh, uh, basically online as well. It was, uh, was a ripping float, wasn't it? It was an absolute ripping, ripping float for, oh, blink, oh, you missed it. <laughs> yeah, that's um, right. Sorry, guys. <laughs> did, you, did you get in there? Um, you forgot to get out? Um, I, I know very little about online cosmetic sales, but I do know that supply chains are a problem. China is a problem. Yep. Inflation is a problem. Uh, and this stock price has been a massive problem. Hard to believe. That there's a few like this, I've got to say. Uh, we saw it the other day with Step 1, the undies yes, people. The undies people, yeah. You know, $300 million market cap was down to $20 million market yep. cap. It's extraordinary. A, de- uh, a door was $5.20 at one stage, and now here yeah. we are. At the end of last year, it was 520. Yeah. Not that long ago. Not that long ago. It's now um, dollar forty-two. Yeah, I, I I really struggle with this one. Again, it's one of those tech stocks that's been absolutely smacked. Maybe it's gonna get some discipline, but I think as long as we've got problems in China, the supply chain, etc. And there's pretty big competition out there in, yeah. in, in the online cosmetic market. Um, not for me. Not for, uh, is it for you, Luke? Uh, not completely, um, but it looks more interesting. Well, it looks much more interesting here than what it did at five dollars twenty. Um, <laughs> they've called out. It's it's good that Henry mentioned step one. I was going to mention the same because every e-commerce retailer is saying the exact same thing. It's it's that cost of acquisition through Google, Facebook, and your other you know online yeah. um, acquisition channels is really skyrocketing. Now, I went back and looked. Um, Adore Beauty did have an update the other week. It was. Okay, um, growth had really moderated from 
that COVID bump, but I think that's to be expected. There was uh, one thing I took from it was there was a fall in their new customers. So the amount of new customers they brought on to the platform in the 12 months to March 2022 was less than the, the new customers they brought on the 12 months through to March 2021. Now, normally for a growing business, that's a massive red flag to see a slowdown in the amount of new customers you're bringing onto your platform. But go back to what Henry just said about Big Tin Can and these businesses maybe starting to show a bit of capital discipline and a bit of cost discipline could actually be somewhat of a good sign if that means that Adore Beauty has decided, look, it's very expensive to try and chase these new customers. Let's sit back. Let's wind back some of that expense. We'll really push our um, existing, you know, loyalty network and returning customers. Yep. And they did that quite well, even in this update. Now it's hard to know that because there were no profit numbers given in the update. So that's why I sort of like Big, Big Tin Can. I say let's just sit back and and watch it. If you're there, I probably hold it like Big Tin Can. If you're not, I'd continue to watch. If you do start to see that cost discipline from management, where they say, look, it's getting too expensive to chase the growth that we were giving the market 12 months ago. So so we're going to be more disciplined, sit back and really leverage the, 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 the customers we have on our platform who do return quite well. They have some very good metrics around returning customers. And I'd be actually pretty interested in Adore Beauty, but I just I just need to see it first. So give it a couple more updates, put it on your watch list, um, but I wouldn't step in and buy it right now. Okay. All right. Um, so uh, let's just recap our uh, first five stocks. Uh, stock of the day, South 32. Uh, a yes from Luke for a conservative investor, not really his wheelhouse. Um, Henry likes it. Domino's a hold. Adicel a no from both. Western areas, yep, sell. Takeover is looks as though it's going through. There's only a three cent difference. Uh, and yes, IGO is a reasonable alternative to take your money out of Western areas and put it there. Big Ten can a hole from both and uh, a door a hole from Luke and a no from Henry. Uh, here on the call, we've been tracking our own high conviction fantasy fund picked by investment committee. You can watch the latest committee meeting live at ausbiz.com. Uh, recent meeting at a Tabcorp, Domino's, Ardent Leisure and Tyro. Uh, the fund, is, since the 1st of March, given everything that's uh, been happening, down 5.3% on a cumulative return basis. And uh, keep sending in your request of the call because the, that's the first filter to get those stocks up before the investment committee. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while. And although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools. Plus, our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. Uh, this half hour, we're going to be looking at IDP Education, Galileo Mining, Environmental Clean Technologies, Maggie Beer, uh, and Olchem as well. Uh, first up, IDP. Um, Henry IDP Education, Chris says, uh, uh, currently own the stock, having purchased it after it bounced in March. What do you think of it at the moment? It's the English language testing uh, business for students to overseas students to get into university here. Uh, the universities are big shareholders in it, so you know, it's a nice little circle. <laughs> you can't get into uni until you do this IDP test, which we, run. we have an interest in. <laughs> we run and we'll charge you for it. Yeah, it's not too bad. <laughs> it's not too bad, isn't it? A nice symbiotic uh, Yeah, but smashed with the lack of foreign students coming into Australia. It has been smashed by the lack of foreign students, but it was always seen as the grand reopening play. Yep. Yep. Now, now the problem is that we haven't really reopened to foreign students. I don't know what the numbers are, but when you yep. look at, you know, China is still locked down. You can get out, but you can't get back in again. Yep. Um, so a lot of foreign students are, are definitely not coming from China. The main market has been um, from India. Uh, where they've seen a little bit of a decline in the sort of the average revenue they get per customer in India. There's also a number of big blocks of stocks that are around because some of these universities yeah. um, are the sellers mm. and they need the cash because yeah. they're not seeing the foreign students. So yeah. we get into this um, unvirtuous cycle, if you like. So it, it's been under a lot of pressure. The problem, I guess, is that foreign students 
I'm not seeing Australia maybe as the destination of choice anymore. The UK and the US opened up far quicker with less restrictions. I mean, the UK is just basically free for all, yeah. just go for Back it, guys. Everyone's got COVID two or three times. Um, and they made some inroads into our unis during COVID and students have gone back there. And of course, we don't have the Chinese yeah. coming out of China at all, really. Um, so it is a problem. I think, you know, this one's toppled from, you know, where was it? We're looking at the charts from 40 bucks. Here we are again yep. at, you know, some of these stocks. And we talked Huge. about we talked about this bounce earlier, whether this dead cat bounce. Now, the market could bounce, you know, two or three hundred points easily. Fine. But these yep. sorts of stocks still have been bombed out and they, they could play serious catch up at some stage. You know, you look at the likes even of Seek and REA Group. Yep. Um, corporate Travel is another one that I've been recommending. I wrote something about that this morning. So, you know, they, they've come to a point where they've really had some damage inflicted on them, uh, regardless of what the ASX 200 is doing, because that's just banks and BHP yep. now anyway. Yep. Um, so would I buy it here? I'd start. It's, it's one of those kind of accumulate a kind nibble. Of stocks. It's a nibble. Okay. Is that a technical term? It's yes. a nibble. No, no. Um, I think, you know, at some stage the Chinese uh, students will come back uh, as China gets on top of things, but that could be a year mm. away the way it's going. Yeah. But um, certainly, you know, the, the added complications of these unis selling large blocks doesn't really help. Yeah. Also, there's the other problem is the CEO has resigned right so he's going in September he was quite well liked so that's a negative as well so right. there's not a lot going for this one I've got to say yeah um, there's maximum negativity in some respects which may be you know the reason if we see a smidge of a positive news this could bounce for me it, it's it's a kind of a nibble right but you might need to have strong a strong stomach for it. Okay. Glad you went stomach there. Um, yeah, I was, I was close. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, what do you think of IDB at these levels? Yeah, I think Henry um, summed it up very well. A lot of negativity around the operations of this business right now. And, and then you put the CEO stepping down on top. And of course, the market wants to fill vacuums like that with some, some negative reactions. So um, it's, a, it's a very high quality business. And you guys outlined it talking about before. They've just got a, you know, a flywheel effect of if you want to travel from um, one of these, um, you know, China, India, Africa, South America to, to study in Australia, US, Canada. Or, or the UK, you, you sort of have to go through IDP. So it's it's a, it's a really um, high quality business from that point of view, and you see that in their margins, you know, eighty odd percent gross margins and, and very high EBIT margins as well, and giving us or historically giving us some very strong growth. Now, Henry touched on it so well that the China the China issue I think is the big one that hasn't recovered anywhere near what people think. Um, my take on that is it's a, a, a supply issue, if you will, from the Chinese side, because I think what you'll find is the Western governments around the world will heavily incentivise um, Chinese students to return when they're able to. Um, you'll see that here in Australia and, and, and in other countries. The main reason being is it, it contributes so much to our economies, not just obviously um, bringing people into study, but it also solves um, issues around labour shortages and, and um, wage issues and things like that, bringing yep. in um, you know student 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 labour, I guess, in a, in a certain way. So I think it will rectify itself at some point. It's just hard to see when when that happens, given given China's effectively hard closed the borders. Um, the the other interesting thing I saw though was they've seen so they, they focus on India very heavily in their last update, which makes sense given you know China is struggling. And Australia and New Zealand were sort of struggling to attract those Indian students. And I'm not sure whether that's from the Indian student side of things or the Australian government, um, but they were placing them quite healthily into, particularly Canada was doing quite well um, attracting mm. Indian students. So look, this business, it, it manages to clip the ticket no matter what happens, no matter yep. where the students come from or where they go, but the margin profile differs a bit. They have higher margin countries and lower margin countries. So look, I think Henry's right. This is one I think you want to own. It's, it's so hard to know what's the right price and what's the right timing. But when all the news is so negative, that's when I tend to try and force yourself to have a look and, and maybe force yourself to have a nibble. I know that's the... Right. <laughs> so you're nibbling as well. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I definitely definitely hold it if you're there. You've written it down, you hold it. If you're on the sidelines, like I, I think you can start to look at it around these levels. And it may take the wider market 
getting some bottoming out and getting some confidence back before these stocks start to move. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like Henry said, if, if you've got the stomach for that, I, I think you can start to okay. enter a high-quality business like this. All right. It, it's, it's funny, Koshi, because where, where we or where I live, um, there's a backpackers hospital next door to my office. Yep. And for months and months and months, well, for years, there was not a backpacker site because they stand out at the front every yep. morning and get picked up by the tradies to do yep. cheap labour. Yeah. Their backpackers are back. They're all Brazilians. Brazil, the yeah, they're all Brazilians. I know the one you're talking about. You it know, is it, Brazilian. It's yeah. all Brazilians, but they are back. Oh, um, okay. the, I guess the problem for the Chinese students is the way we treated overseas students when we locked down, and there was yes. no financial support for any of them. So they kind of were left high and dry. Yeah. Um, and that is still a, a, a yeah. big sort of negative, I guess, about coming. And, to study and with here. India, we had an issue with Indian students. And we still, for a while, so. and we still have an issue with India because yeah. India hasn't yeah. even come out and. And then Russia. Yeah, yeah. So there are some issues. Uh, Glenn wants to view Henry on Galileo mining, um, the nickel and copper explorer, also palladium and platinum recently. And is this? I was doing some research. Mark Creasy has upped his stake. Yeah. In it. Every, every time I do my podcast and I talk about Galileo, I do Galileo. <laughs> I can't get it. Out, I can't get it out of my head that it's yeah. the Bohemian Rhapsody. This looks a bit like Thunderbird One at the moment on the charts. It's just gone absolutely just straight up vertical. Yeah. Uh, it had a pretty impressive uh, discovery at, uh, at Norseman, 33 meters, grading two grams a ton, palladium, platinum, and gold. Yeah. Uh, palladium, platinum, very much in demand. Gold, probably not so much. Mark Creasy is a big shareholder of this yeah. one. He is like the the prospector, the doyen yeah. of, of prospectors. He, and bought he, some more recently. Bought some more recently. The stock's up, I think it's 20 odd percent again. It's very volatile and it sort of right. whooshes up 40%, drops back 20%, whooshes up another 40%, 20%. Okay. It's like a, a buzzsaw at the moment. Um, the other joy of this one is that the uh, the head geologist at uh, Galileo um, <laughs> is uh, ex Mark Creasy as well, oh, so he right. worked with Mark. So it's, it's right. you know, it's, it, it's good a, I wrote people a, there. Good people. They look as if they're on something pretty big at the moment. It, mm. it's, a, it's a punter's playground, if you like. Um, what price you pay for it, I have no idea. Right. Uh, tomorrow it could be back down, you know, 30%. It just, I, I think the stock chat rooms at the moment would be driving this one. Oh, okay. um, so, you know, pin the so tail on the donkey. Pumped, right. it's, been, it's been pumped. It'll be at some stage, there'll be a capital raise because yeah. they always need more money. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. it's the modus operandi. But um, yeah, it looks as if they're onto something big, but it takes years. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, we'll continue to get these good results. Great pedigree, Mark Creasy behind it. What can possibly go wrong? So would you buy at these levels oh, or too, too hot for you? I, you know, th this program will be watched in two days' time and the price will be completely different. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I know at the moment, but watch it. Yeah, it's, it's certainly one for your watch list. If you're looking at resources, you know, there, there's going to be days when the market falls over and these ones will fall over quickly, and that could be the day okay. to pick some up. Luke? Uh, Henry summed it up really well. Um, I mean, they obviously had a fantastic uh, strike at, at that uh, Norseman um, drill. And the people behind it, really impressive. And then I think the big one is, yeah, coming on, it, it wasn't a little, you know, token purchase of shares after a, after a good strike. It, you know, uh, Mark went and bought effectively 2% of the business on market yep. after you know that that fine and so that's that says a lot um i agree with henry though short term i have no idea and i think he's spot on this is a this is a hot copper stock right now and um where it goes over the next days or weeks or, or maybe even months who knows but look if you're someone who wants to take a bit of speculation and, and maybe play the jockey more than the horse with this one um and particularly the actions that the jockeys are taking they're, they're clearly excited about what they've found um i think you can maybe speculate a little bit but be prepared the volume Volatility, well, I, you know, Henry's spot on. In, in two days, this could be 20 or 30% lower. I have no doubt about that. Or it could be 50% higher. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. be prepared for the volatility. But if you're willing to stomach that and follow some some really sharp people who have put the, their hard earned behind the project, um, yeah, I, th I think it looks really interesting. Okay. Uh, Tia Luke wants a view on environmental clean technologies. Says, uh, I'm looking long term and I'm interested in a greener way of getting things done. Just wondering what the panel thinks of that. It's a um, into low emission electricity production, basically, amongst a few different products. Yeah, Tia, it's one, it's 36 mil market cap. 
So it's right in my sort of micro cap realm, but it's what I'd never really heard of or looked at. I went and had a look at a couple of their presentations and announcements, and after spending a good 20, 25 minutes looking through it, I had <laughs> I was no clearer on what their technology actually is. <laughs> um, as best as I could tell, it takes biomass, which has you know high moisture content, and their technology is a way of using lower temperatures and lower pressure to turn that biomass into you know fuel essentially. Now, that sounds interesting, of course. Like, you know, if you've got something that requires a lot of um, energy to convert into something useful, then in this sort of environment we're in, if you've got a solution for that, people will look at you and that technology could be interesting. But it's so early stage and so speculative. Like, literally, it was, I think, 50,000, oh, no, 5,000 in receipts last quarter, which you know, is just right. like maybe a total okay. amount. Um, way too early stage for me. Yeah, come back to what I just said about Galileo. If you're willing to put a few thousand bucks speculation that, you know, some really interesting technology, and maybe if you've got some insight of the technology, that's what, that's where these things get really interesting. If you've got some sort of background in the space, which very few people do, but maybe yeah. um, you, know, you can maybe speculate on some of this, but but it's not investable. I'll put it that way. It's right. at, at best a, a punt for someone who, who is maybe wants to see where the technology could go. Henry? 100% with Luke on this one, I've got to say. Yeah. Um, I, I struggle to get my head around what they actually did yep. and what the technology is. And we've got a government at the moment that's more than happy to fund hydrogen kind of technology, clean hydrogen hubs and that sort of thing. And they didn't fund this one. Right. You know, they funded everybody. Yep. If you're the guy that's missed out, <laughs> there's yeah, got to yeah. be something a little bit wrong with your tech or whatever it yep. is. You know, that's got to be setting off a red flag. If, yep. You know, the government's given 30 million bucks a day to Calix with their um, calcifier that they've got going with Boral and, uh, and Pilbara Minerals. Yet this one missed out. Yeah. Question. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, All right, not, not for, for me. you. Uh, Rosanna wants a view on Maggie Beer Holdings, um, Henry, of course, the, the big specialty food supplier, asking whether it's investable, not about its burnt fig ice cream, which I'm addicted to. Yeah. Um, uh, took a bit of a hit uh, in the last week on their, their guidance, yep. um, not stacking up. The other thing, inflation, supply chain issues, the whole thing. Yeah, I think, you know, that, that sums it up. I think the burnt fig is just costing more to put in the ice cream. Right. Yeah. Buy the product, not the stock. Um, yeah. It's down another 6% today. Um, it's, you know, it's fallen from 60 odd cents to 40 odd cents. Yeah. There'll come a point where it's value, but I don't think that's... Not at the moment. Not for me just yet. There's, there's, there's too much pent up pressure. I know we probably haven't seen it in Australia the way we have elsewhere. But it's coming. It's yeah. there. You know, yeah. we, we all know it's there. So, yeah, yeah. not for me. Uh, Luke? Yeah, they, they had that, that um, update the other week. And, and to be honest, yeah. I thought the stock was going to be sold off a bit more than what it has. And it's mm. it's probably continued a little bit in the days since to, to maybe make up for that. Um, it, it wasn't very, you know, it obviously wasn't a very good update. And I think maybe the market's willing to look through some of the issues they faced around input cost pressures and supply chain issues um, and it could be just a bit of timing because they've sort of called out they're trying to put through price increases through to Coles and Woolies but there's a 13 week window where you know basically Coles and Woolies can say no price increases until that that passes right. but again that goes to show the issues these businesses have you, you're so reliant on these two behemoths in, in the grocery space for distribution that they they can control the you know the, the the outcomes of your business so heavily um, is, is a bit of a warning sign in and of itself. So um, they they called out nine to ten mil EBITDA, but bear in mind they did that in the first half. So they're, they're effectively saying the second half will be flat to maybe loss making. Um, they've called out maybe spinning off their dairy assets. Now right. just watch that because this is a little trick some businesses do where they'll label a segment as non-core, um, which means the next time they report, they'll they'll report on their core earnings. But of course, until you actually sell that business, it still can be a drag on your actual cash that, that you yeah. have if, if it's a loss-making segment. Segment. So, so keep an eye on it. Make sure they can actually spin that off, rather than just labelling yeah. it non-core as they report. Um, for me, I would probably actually oh, yeah. sell it. I think this is a tough okay. market, and, and it, it probably deserved worse than what it got. And I think it continues to slide okay. in, the, you know, in the coming weeks and months. 
All right, and Woolies and Coles aren't famous for improving your margins as a supplier, <laughs> um, <laughs> just no. say. Uh, last stock we'll need to get through reasonably quickly. Uh, Henry Alchem, uh, Harold wants to be the old Oracobra. Um, in that lithium carbonate and boron um, mining area, just did a partnership with the trading arm of Toyota. Uh, yeah, but if you like lithium, I mean, this is one of the big daddies of the space. Yes. This, this has the hard rock and the brine side of things in South America. So this would be a premium This is stock. This is premium. It, it kind of missed out a little bit on some of the price rises that Pilbara's seen. Right. So it got a bit sold off. It's having a good bounce now, as all mm. lithium stocks are. For me, this is a hold. Yep. Um, it is having a good bounce. At some stage, once again, it'll top out, and then it will become a sell maybe in a you know in a week's time when right. the lithium has sort of done its So it's dash. sort of a trading stock. It's a bit of a trading stock, yeah. But right. this certainly, you know, when there's a time to buy this is when it's been whacked, as the whole sector has, um, and it's on the moment, it's on the bounce. But it's, yep. it's a quality, diversified mm. lithium producer with both the brine and the hard rock, Australia, South America. It's got diversity of earnings, it's got diversity of product. Lithium is not going down in a hurry. Yeah. Um, again, this is a decade-long thing pushing up production, it's doing all the right things. Um, it's just, it's probably gonna bounce another couple of days and then maybe it's okay. time to sell it. But at the moment, this is a hold. Luke? Um, yeah, I pretty much agree with that. I think a mistake a lot of people make is, um, you know, a resource does well and they want exposure to that. And, and they inevitably go and look at, at the small explorers. Um, and, and I get why, you know, they offer some really fantastic upside if they hit a good strike. Just look at Galileo we spoke about before. The problem is, is like they're years away from tapping into the, the resource that, you know, you're obviously excited about. And so you look at lithium doing well, you know, you want someone who's producing lithium today and, and you know, capturing those high prices today and, and making cash and uh, are able to reinvest that cash back into the market. And, and so, you know, if, if you're after lithium exposure, I'd be looking at a Pilbara and all chem rather than, you know, one of the more speculative guys. Right. I think Henry's right. It's had a strong run. Lithium's had a strong run. It's sort of stabilised if you look at the spot prices over in China. So... I agree with Henry on a longer term view over the few years. They probably do hang up in these elevated levels, but I think we might have seen the peak. Um, so, look, I, I, I think you can hold Orchem from here. If it does have a, a sharp fall and you want to maintain lithium exposure, you might look to buy. But for, for someone who wants that exposure to lithium, I, I do I do like Orchem and probably prefer it over Pilbara, to be honest. It does okay. just look a little bit cheaper. Got a dash, Luke Winchester from Merriweather Capital. Great to see you, mate, as usual. Thank, Thank you for you joining Jens. us. And Henry Jennings from Marcus today. Always a pleasure. Um, heading off for lunch with the boss. So make sure he's paying. It'll yeah. be a good one. Might be the last time I see you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll always be welcome back. Uh, let's recap the uh, the second uh, five stocks. Um, IDP Education, a nibble from both Henry and Luke at these levels. Galileo, a no from Henry. Um, if you want a highly speculative punt, um, maybe from, uh, from Luke. Uh, Environment. Environmental clean technology, a no from both Maggie Beer, a no, in fact, a sell from uh, Luke, and all chem is a hold. That's it for the show today. If you'd like to see any of the, uh, uh, send us some stocks for me to put to our expert panels, put them in an email, the call at ausbiz.com.au, or tweet us using the at TV handle. See all the stocks in the calls portfolio at ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.